Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. As you know, we did my draft review the other day. I was knocked out in the prelim final, but we have got the grand final of my Supercoach draft competition this weekend. Happened between Stevie and Tommy, uh, the blokes that won the prelim finals on the weekend. I would say going into the both those games, they were probably underdogs. They pulled two very big upsets in that game. Uh, obviously, Tom's game, I didn't watch as closely, but Steve's I watched very closely, obviously, because it was fucking my demise. Um, and he absolutely nailed it, considering the guys he was missing and whatnot, he made some big draft moves. Uh, and from what I saw of Tom, uh, his, his captain choice, Harry Grant, obviously ha- had a good game. A few other guys went well. He pulled a big upset as well. So two underdogs into the grand final. None of that matters anymore. I'm sure there will be a lot of a lot of draft competitions out there that will have a lot of underdogs in them this weekend. And it really gets blown open with a lot of the restings and whatnot, which personally... I love it for Super Ghost Draft. We had a we had a vote at the start of last year, I think it was, uh, whether we play our grand final round 26, round 27. Personally, I think round 26 is cowardly. I love the round 27 grand final because you plan for it throughout the year as well. You're well aware of it on draft day. I was speaking about it before the preseason. Myself, Natty, Wooker, we all spoke about it. You prepare for it. If you know your grand finals in round 27, you draft accordingly. Uh, some guys do it better than others, uh, and I think it's a fact you have to take into consideration. But then you get to draft weekend, and there's restings everywhere, and you've got to make actual decisions. They aren't brain-dead moves. You've got to actually know your shit to do well in the grand final weekend. And there are a couple of guys that I really like the look of that are coming in this weekend. Uh, you can complain all you want about guys being rested, all that sort of bullshit. Cowardly stuff. There is so much opportunity on the waiver wire, and you've got to take advantage of it. This is when you actually show if you can supercoach draft or not. To the boys' credit, I haven't heard either of them complaining about restings and whatnot this weekend. Um, maybe they just haven't said it to me. I don't know, but I haven't heard either of the boys complaining about it, so full credit to them. I've seen a lot of people that have messaged me this week about draft, complaining, whinging, carrying on a fucking trade. I've told them all the same thing. Tough shit. You knew your grand final was in round 27. You should have planned accordingly. If you didn't, 
that's fucking on you. And I do think uh, that one of the guys in the grand final did plan for a round 27 grand final a little bit better than the other, but we'll get to all those details soon. As I've learned on a number of occasions, you get to grand final weekend, everything else goes out the window and it all comes down to this weekend. Doesn't matter who's got the better team, doesn't matter who's drafted better, all that sort of shit. All it comes down to is who scores more this weekend, and that's all anyone remembers. Let me tell you that the fucking hard way. I've learned it many, many times myself. So grand finals, they are nerve-wracking. You're on the edge of your seat all weekend. And it's weird, too, because obviously I'm paying a lot of attention to it because I do content and whatnot, but I know from being in grand finals myself, as soon as other people are sort of out of it, they drop off and they don't really follow as closely as you do. And you sort of sometimes you don't get the respect for the big moves that you make throughout the week. Take Steve, for example, who beat me last week. Made some huge fucking moves that if you were, if anyone else was playing against him, they would have been blown away by the moves that Steve made and how good they were. But because people aren't paying as much attention, sometimes it falls away. So if you are in a draft grand final this weekend and you are not in the grand final, show the people some respect. Send them a message. Wish them the best luck. Just keep track of the game. Send them a message throughout games when good, bad things, whatever happens. The beauty of Supercoach Draft is the community that you build around it to really get stuck into it. But let's get stuck into the Draft Grand Final in my comp this weekend. Uh, So we've got Tom taking on Steve. Uh, Two guys that both finished in the top four. Both were locked into the top four with about three weeks to go. So they had sort of time to prepare for finals and whatnot. Both did a pretty good job. I think obviously restings is a big thing coming into Grand Final weekend. No doubt about that. It's how you respond to restings which dictates how you'll go on grand final day. I was actually having a look at both their teams just before and going back to draft day, the team they drafted, to have a look at how I think they prepared for a grand final. And, you know, that, that might sound um, that might sound a bit hindsighty, but, I mean, if you've been listening to this content since January, it has always been for me about picking a team to win a premiership, and that has always been the case. A little bit easier for me this year because I knew I had Nathan Cleary as my number one pick, but as you guys know, I completely avoided Parramatta players because I knew they weren't going to play in the grand final. I tried to avoid South Sydney players, but I sort of got distracted a little bit knowing that they would play grand final week, which they are now, then got cold feature in the year and traded away Cody Walker. Uh, But I I do think planning for grand final week is very, very important. And you look at the matchups that are happening this weekend. And, you know, I think for for some of them, you could sort of predict at the start of the season how they were going to turn out. Potentially, you know, the Titans and the Canterbury Bulldogs, a good matchup to target. Uh, But some of them have changed quite a bit. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. And some of the good matchups, obviously players have been rested and whatnot. But I did think it was interesting to go back to the boys and their original draft. As I said in the start, I do think one of the boys draft better for grand final than the other but there's a million different ways you can look at it but my whole thing the whole preseason and Tom found himself in a really hard spot on draft day because he was seventh pick and seventh pick I think in every single draft content podcast whatever the hell you're listening to who you're talking to pick seven is a really hard pick because you're on the edge you've sort of lost those top six guys and then you've either got to take a punt or you take Harry Grant personally I've never been overly keen on taking Harry Grant as a round one pick unless you can get him sort of 10 and onwards. If you can get him 10 and onwards, I can wear it. But pick seven, I always worry that Harry Grant just doesn't have what it takes to win you a comp. Now, maybe you've got other uh, other guys that can stand and deliver outside of him, but this was one of my big problems with Tom's team on draft night was he went Harry Grant number one. Harry Grant obviously coming off a World Cup, uh, coming into you know a new season where he's going to play Origin and everything. He's ended up being rested for round 27, which I don't think that should really shock anyone. He's a hooker that plays 80 minutes in a good side that was every 
chance to have a spot locked up. So Harry Grant is always a risk. Granted, completely to Tom's credit, he's got him in a fantastic year because Harry Grant has killed it throughout the season and he's had a couple of hundred plus scores, which he's had more than I thought he would anyway. That's for sure. I took Harry Grant a couple of years ago, had him in a grand final and he sort of went unders and it sort of cost me a little bit, but I took him pick five. That was when he was at the Melbourne Storm before he even arrived at the West Tigers. This is why I say to you guys, at the start of every preseason, Harry Grant... I'm not going to pick him. He's not an option for me unless you can get him 10 plus. But Tom did find himself in a hard spot there where you get to pick seven and the first six proper superstars are gone and you need to look around the room and work out who's going to be your seventh. And quite often, the guy in a limited position is the way that people go. I think it's the wrong way to go about it. He has ended up being rested for this game. The Melbourne Storm have a spot locked up. Maybe Tom banked on the season going differently for Melbourne. I'm not sure, but I always think it's a risk. The other thing I didn't like about Tom's drafting was that after going Harry Grant, which I think is a huge punt, pick number two, he went Dylan Brown. Now... Dylan Brown plays for the Parramatta Eels. They had a bye this weekend. Maybe Tom had plans to trade Dylan Brown. It just didn't play out. I'm not too sure. I did note that throughout the year, Tom picked up a lot of 5.8s. He had Jack White and he drafted. I think at one point he had Bud Sullivan. There was a few other 5.8s he had throughout the year. I think at one point he was holding about six 5.8s. Luke Metcalf, he might have had them him at one point as well. So I would, the only thing I can imagine why Tom did that was because he was potentially trying to trade Dill Brown. As you guys know, pretty hard to trade in my comp. Uh, It's not easy to do. Obviously, that was compounded by Dylan Brown missing a heap of football smack in the middle of the season. Maybe that impacted trade stuff, but I I think our trade window was closed by them. So maybe Tom just couldn't find a trade for Dylan Brown. I'm not quite sure how that played out. But for me, that that was my one issue with Tom's picks on draft day was that one and two, uh, and, and he was in pick seven. He wasn't in a good spot like me in pick one, so it does make it harder, no doubt about it. But pick seven, Harry Grant, oh, I never like it. And to pick a player that is definitely not going to play grand final week in pick two, I absolutely hated it, to be honest with you. And m- maybe Tom doesn't draft for grand final week, but I personally think that's how everyone should draft for grand final week. Pick number three was Dylan Edwards, who, you know, he's obviously a fullback. He's probably not in that top tier, but he has done very well. I also think that, you know, if Panthers would have won last week, Dylan Edwards probably doesn't play in this one as well. So it could have been a fucking train wreck for Tom, but he's managed to get Dylan Edwards. Now, once you get outside those top two, which realistically, Dylan Brown, we knew he wasn't going to play grand final week anyway. So out of Tom's first 11 draft picks on draft day that he selected, only one of them's actually out this week being rested, which is Harry Grant. All his next picks are there. Edwards, Hunt, Cotter, Hudson Young, Zach Lomax, Bradman Best, Jack White. And so... I don't think it's turned out too badly. Pick 10 was Luke Garner. He's not there, but, uh, you know, that was a bit of a speculatory pick anyway, realistically. Matty Tomoko's there at pick 11. Egan Butcher's there in pick 12, coming off the bench, to be fair, but that's how NRL works. Um, Jacob Host was his 13th pick. He's not there, but once again, that was a speculator pick. Brian Kelly, Josh King, Cohen Hess, Ravaloa, and then Harley Smith-Shields was his 18th pick. So, I mean, at the end of the day, out of... Tom's entire team that he drafted, the only one that has been rested is Harry Grant. So I think he's done pretty well there. It does just hurt when you obviously pick Dylan Brown and that compound. So I think all in all, restings-wise, I think Tom's come out of this reasonably well. And I also think Steve has as well. I don't think either of them uh, have been completely gutted by restings and whatnot. I think Steve more so got gutted last week and he made it work. So his first three picks were Nico Hines, Fafita Cam Murray. All are available this week. So big advantage there straight away to Steve for me. And I think that's what could separate it. Uh, decent matchups for those players as well. Nico Hines obviously taking on the Canberra Raiders. David Fafita has got a really good matchup against the Bulldogs. So I think that the difference in drafting there 
could really square it up. And obviously, Steve had pick number two overall, so he was able to take Nico Hines, didn't have to make the Harry Grant decision. But I kind of I, I know what Steve's like. I don't think he would have gone Harry Grant at seven either. I think he would have sort of taken my mindset of it. And I mean, at the end of the day, Dave Fafita, um, he was available uh, when Tom took his second pick of Dill Brown, you know. So I wouldn't have taken Fafita there either, to be fair. Uh, but I do think those top three picks is a huge advantage to Steve. He hasn't had it perfect all season. Uh, his pick four was Jaden Braley, who he lost early. His pick five was Torhu Harris, uh, who's obviously not playing this week. Rested, injured, whatever you want to call it. So be it. Injuries happen in rugby league. That's sort of tough shit. Greg Marshew, he's probably the other one that's a chance to be rested, but I think he will play. That was his sixth pick, followed by Isaiah Tass, who's playing, followed by Corey Oates, who's been out for a lot of the year, but he is back now. Pick nine, though, is the big one, and this is what sunk me last week. Cola playing fullback against the West Tigers. A huge, huge play there by Steve. His next two picks, Xavier Savage, he's obviously not in first grade. That's tough shit. Will Warbrick and Trent Leroux both were rested this week. Um, so for me, I kind of think it squares up. Yes, Tom's missing Harry Grant, but I mean, Steve has got a couple of good guys being rested as well. His next few picks, Nick Corey, Foran, Trindle, Jacob Saifiti, uh, all those guys are playing too. Now, obviously, guys, these are the teams they drafted. This isn't the be-all and end-all. We're going to get into their teams this week, but I do think it is worth looking back on how these guys drafted and how it has turned out for grand final week because, yes, there are 26 weeks in between that, but at the end of the day, if you're going to win a Supercoach title, you have to win grand final week. It really is the most important thing, and I think that's how people need to start drafting. I think they need to draft the expectation, I'll find my way to the grand final, and then I need to win it. I think that's the way to go about it. People obviously have different opinions, different takes, and so be it. I'm just giving you mine and how I go about it and the lens I see it through. Now, let's have a look at their current teams right now. And obviously, in a draft season, guys, your teams change so much. So much changes over an entire year. It is crazy. I do think when you look at Tom's side, he has still got a number of guys that he drafted. Edwards, Cotter, Best, Hunt, uh, who else is on there? Hudson Young, Matty Timiko, Jack Whiten. So there is still quite a few guys there that he did draft. Uh, for Steve, he's got quite a few as well, to be fair. Cola, Murray, Tass, uh, Marciu, uh, Fafita, Hines, those sort of guys. So about six or seven each. I think Tom might have had eight. Can't remember what I counted there. But sitting in pretty good spots. Normally, you finish a draft season. They're pretty wild. If you, if you can finish a draft season with seven or more players that you drafted, I think you've done incredibly fucking well. I think I, 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 I'm I not even sure if I, if I had that many at the end of the season too. It, it is just wild, especially when you get to finals and you're dropping guys left, right and center to make up points and just to win games. It can get pretty insane. Let's have a look at the games this weekend though. So tonight we've got the Brisbane Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. Big game for Steve here. He's got Tom Flegler, who I'm researching a big game from, Corey Jensen and Pierre Cura. Flegler and Jensen, I think you can both lock them in for at least 50. Flegler, I think he'll go 65-odd in this game. Jensen, I think he'll get a 50. Pierre Cura is a bit of a wild card. Has got big attacking stats in him. Going up against a Melbourne Storm side, that is lacking combos and whatnot. Uh, I, I kind of like the Pierre Cura pun tonight. I'm sure a lot of you will like it for Classic as well. Uh, the only player that Tom has got in this game is Bronson Garlic, who will start at nine. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him if he plays the whole 80 minutes. Um, I'm not sure if they've got another nine in the squad here. There's two guys in the extended. I'm not sure what positions they play, but hopefully for Tom, Bronson Garling just plays 80 minutes at nine and just tackles all day. I'm not quite sure when I have a look at their squad, maybe Chris Lewis could jump in there potentially for a period of time. 
I guess they'd probably bring, yeah, actually, they'd probably bring like Tyron Wishart or Jaden Nicarima and play one of them um, in that hooker role. And then they'd probably bring uh, like a far longo on to play at six or something along those lines. So they've got options. But sometimes, especially in a position like hooker where there's not many guys available, these are the punts that you've got to take. I had to do a similar thing last week. No hookers available. Had to get rid of it. I'm going to A another position. It's just tough for Tom because... Without looking through the rest of his side, that might have to be his position that he AEs. We'll see how he handles that, but these are the decisions you've got to make in a draft grand final. It gets very, very tough in the pressure cooker. Uh, Steve doesn't have anyone else from that game. Friday, 6 p.m., we've got the Seagulls and the West Tigers in this game. Big one for Steve. He's got Kohler. Oh, I, I, he might be his VC, might not. He might wait until Sunday afternoon to go for feeder into Hines. That's probably the smarter play, but I think Kohler does go big here. He'll be my classic captain, and I'm sure he'll be. That, that'll be a game that'll be very, very nerve-wracking for Tommy. Kohler, obviously, there's been two injuries to get him to fullback, but, mate, that's what happens in Supercoach draft. That's how it goes. Big advantage to Stevie there having Kohler. That could be a real heartbreaker early. Uh, no players from the Tigers for both sides. Probably a good compliment to these two players. Uh, Roosters and the South Sydney Rabbitohs is the next game. Tommy, obviously a big South Sydney fan. Not a single Rabbitoh in there, which shocks me beyond belief. Uh, for Steve, he's got two bunnies. He's got Cam Murray and Isaiah Tass. Um, really good opportunity here. Obviously, Joey Manu out of that Roosters side on the right edge. So Isaiah Tass, if he gets like a Corey Allen or somewhere, that could be a fantastic little matchup for Isaiah Tass. And Cam Murray coming off a bye. Club in absolute turmoil. I think he stands up and has a big game here. I'm expecting 50 or 60 for Cam Murray. Uh, they don't have any roosters in their side at all. The other one that Steve's got on his bench is Tavita Totola, who I don't think is a bad AE either. I think he plays decent minutes. He'll score 50. With Steve's VCs and captains and everything, I would be tempted just to take whatever Totola gets and take out his worst player of the week, which I think Hooker he was really struggling with. Yeah, he's got New Brown there at Hooker at the moment. That would probably be my play. Take Totola's 50, fuck New Brown off, and I think with the rest of his team, he'll get the job done there. Um, the Saturday afternoon game, Dolphins taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Jesus Christ, where the fuck are all of Tom's players? Hasn't had any... He's had one player so far, and we're at Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, Dolphins v. Warriors. Uh, Steve has got Adam Pompey here. Uh, so the other beauty of this is that Steve should know reasonably early before he has to make his VC and captain's calls where his updates are going to be at. Tom's realistically going to have no idea. So he is unlucky how it's all played out this weekend with the timings and whatnot. That kind of sucks. Uh, but that's the way it goes sometimes, unfortunately. Adam Pompey here for Steve. I don't think he's got any Dolphins or any other Warriors. Actually, he's got two Warriors on his bench, Dill Walker and Tane Topiki. Uh, Dill Walker, I really like. I think he's a good play this week. I would probably be playing him at, uh, where would I be playing him? I think I'd be playing him uh, as one of my CTWs. Oh, actually, I'd definitely be playing him over Kyle Felt, who we'll talk about soon. But he's got Kyle Felt on his side. I'd be playing Dill Walker starting in 13. I mean, fuck, even if it goes to shit and he gets 40, you're taking 40 at CTW. Uh, I think with, with Steve Sealings elsewhere in his team, I, just, I think it's just a smart way to go there. Uh, Tain Torpiki, I like him. Very talented. It hasn't quite transferred to first grade yet. And personally, you don't know how this Warriors team's going to play. They're going up against a Dolphins team that just won't roll over. It's too much of a punt for me. I think you're going in very, very blind there. And he hasn't really produced in first grade yet, despite the absolutely blowing it away in uh, the Host Plus Cup last season. Uh, for Tommy, he's only got Freddie Lussick here as a hooker. Oh, another one I just – I don't – 
overly trust his minutes, Freddie Lussick. Um, have they got another hooker on the bench? They could play a bit of Bailey Siren in there. Um, yeah, actually, maybe it's not a bad play at hooker. Uh, I, I don't love it, but I think he could do much worse. I'd probably, I would probably play Freddie Lussick over Bronson Garlic. Uh, no, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Fuck, that's a tough decision at hooker. Uh, I think hooker's the spot that if I was Tom, I would try an AE. And uh, he has got a big AE coming. We'll talk about him soon. At the moment, he's sitting on his bench, but it would be a big, big play there. Um, Panthers v. the Cowboys uh, is the 5.30 game. And finally, Tom gets some plays. He's got Dylan Edwards, Ruben Cotter, Helam Lukey. Hopefully, three guys that can perform in this game. I think Dill Edwards will probably be his VC there. And, geez, he's going to really need Edwards to go big here. I think the Panthers can get a big W here, which I think would be ideal for Tom, realistically. If Edward, if Panthers can win big, you know Ruben Cotter's going to get through a heap of work. You know Helam Lukey's going to get through enough work. And hopefully Dylan Edwards has a big game for Tom because he will be his VC. And I kind of think if Dylan Edwards goes sub-60, I reckon that might be Red Rover for Tommy, unfortunately. He needs a big, big game from his third pick there. Well, his top draft pick that is left. For Stevie, he has got just Kyle Felt. Uh, Kyle Felt's the only player he's right. He's also got Tom Jenkins in his extended squad. Obviously, Tommy Jenkins uh, not featuring in this game. Uh, I would not be playing Kyle Felt. I would be dropping him, and I would be playing Dylan Walker, who's sitting on his ex- on his bench there. I'd be playing him in my CTW for sure. Take the minimum 40 and walk away with a good score at CTW then. Kyle Felt, too much of a risk of getting a fucking 12. Um, we've then got the Dragons and the Newcastle Knights. This is a big game for Tom. He's got a few players here. Bradman Best, Jacob Saifidi from the Newcastle Knights. Bit hard to get a read on what Bradman Best is going to do down that edge without KP. I think Adam Clune will just give him good early ball. That's what Jacko's done with him all game. The problem will be um, what the effect Lockie Miller has. Now, the bright side for Tom is he's actually got Lockie Miller sitting on his bench. I think he should probably consider him as a captain option, uh, which sounds wild and fucking insane. But Newcastle, missing players, still got enough in their forward pack that they'll do well. Miller, he just loves to run the football. He never passes the thing. He's hard to handle. Could tackle break, could do all this shit. He's got him on his bench at the moment. I would assume that the Supercoach app just hasn't updated it yet. I would be playing Lockie Miller in my side. The problem is that he probably doesn't get any ball to Bradman Best like Best has got all year. So you could get a 30 out of Best. But, geez, if Lockie Miller plays his best footy and really takes a line on like we expect him to do at his unorthodox best against a Dragons side with eyes on Mad Monday, that could be the captain choice that could really get Tom back into this grand final. So, Lockie Miller, I think him and Dylan Edwards probably decide this game for Tom. They, I think he either gets blown out of the park or they give him a real opportunity. Other side of the park, Steve has got Greg Marshew, who's been great all year, killed it last week. Fuck that guy. Uh, but same thing. Same thing as Bradman Best. I do just worry about him. I, I really worry about Marshew in general this week, to be honest with you. Somehow he's got to get the ball off one lucky Miller to Bradman Best. That makes it tough for Marshu to do well. I don't think Steve would have possibly considered him as a captain or anything this week, but it does make it hard. Uh, he's also got New Brown, who I probably think he will drop and just take to Toller's score. That's what I would do if I was Steve anyway. Uh, from the Dragons, Tom's got Ravalar and Ben Hunt. So this is the other convo that if the Dragons manage to get up for this game and give it to a Newcastle side that's missing players with potentially their eyes on next week and the Dragons are going to go out for a bang. There's also Ben Hunt's last game for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, keep in mind. So I'm sure he'll be ready to go. And look, the reality is... 
When the Dragons do well, Ravalawa scores well. He will score tries. He's one of their biggest strike weapons. So this is a game that hopefully it's a high-scoring game. Hopefully for Tom Miller goes fucking nuts and Ben Hunt and Ravalawa do well for the Dragons. And then all of a sudden, Tom could find himself in this game. But it's that one's going to be a very, very key one. Now, this game. Oh, sorry. From that as well, Taltal Moan is also playing for Steve's side. Uh, a bit of a hit and hope, but that's the reality of Supercoast Draft at this time of the year. Sunday afternoon. Jesus Christ, this is going to be, be a big afternoon. Now, we've got the Titans and the Bulldogs, which I think is the matchup to target. And then we've got the Cronulla Sharks and the Canberra Raiders, which is a very good matchup as well uh, for the Sharkies. So Sharkies and Titans, I like these matchups. Um, for Tom... Viliami kick out for the Bulldogs. He's not playing great footy at the moment. They just look downtrodden. I'm not expecting much out of kicks. Hopefully, he can prove me wrong, but I'm not expecting much out of him. The guy that I am excited for that Tom's got is Brian Kelly. I think he could be uh, one to really break this game omen. Uh, obviously, Steve has got David Fafidis. That's going to make it very hard. He'll have a VC on him. But Brian Kelly, we know how talented he is. We, we know how talented he is. We know he's got big super coach scores in him. So hopefully for Tom, he can really deliver. Uh, from that Raiders Sharks game, Tom has got Hudson. Young, Matty Tomoko, and Jack White. And Jack White playing center, obviously. Um, read into that what you will as far as what that means for his side and his super coach scores. But three guys there that can go big, three guys that also can go low, though. And against this Sharky side, um, I, I, in saying that, I've got no idea what to expect from, from the Sharks. But playing for a home final, the Sharkies at Shark Park, I don't really love it. He's got his captain on Hudson Young at the moment. I'd be shocked if Hudson Young is his captain. I think there's probably a bit of mind games there. Uh, for Steve, he's only got two players on Sunday afternoon. But my God, what about the two players he's got? Fafita versus the Bulldogs as his VC. Nico Hines versus the, versus the Canberra Raiders as his captain. So realistically, um, this Supercoach draft grand final won't start until 2 p.m. Sunday because Fafita and Hines to come, both could go 100 plus and Steve could... Steve could honestly be down 300 points going into Sunday afternoon and win by 200. Um, they could they could absolutely explode, these two. That's probably a little bit over the top. But Steve could come back from absolutely anything on Sunday afternoon, and he might be looking at a 120-point VC um, and still make the wrong decision. So very, very interesting. Um, for me, I think in order for Tom to win this grand final, I think he's going to need all of his big guys to really stand up. So the other advantage Tom's got is that from the Titans, he's also got Jojo Fafita. So he could use him as well, and hopefully the Titans put on a big score and he's able to take advantage of that. The other one is that he's got Kieran Foran. Now, where he fits Kieran Foran into this side, I'm not too sure because then he has to take Jack White now. But if I was Tom... I think I'd find a spot for Kieran Foran. Interesting enough, Steve actually drafted Kieran Foran, held him most of the year because he had Fafita. If you look at what Steve did to me last week, he knew that KP was my gun player. He already had Marzu in his team, so he got the man inside uh, KP as well, Adam Clune, and it definitely played a role. Well, it played a huge role in beating me last week. If I was Tom... I'd potentially play a little de- little bit of defense here. Who's more likely to go bigger, Jack White or Kieran Foran? Probably Jack Whiten. But who's the guy that's going to get points if Fafita goes fucking nuts? It'd probably be Kieran Foran. And I'm pretty sure Brian Kelly plays outside Fafita as well. So very similar situation. If I was Tom, I would probably run down that avenue. Maybe Jack Whiten becomes your AE. I'm not quite sure how he's going to work it out, how he's going to do it, Tom. But there are opportunities there. But I think in order for Tom to win, I think Dill Edwards, Lockie Miller, one of these guys, 
Ben Hunt, Ravala, one of these guys probably needs to go into the 120, 130 plus sort of mark. And I think that Tom has to hit a VC or a captain on them because I think Steve, he has got, I am very confident in saying that one of Kohler, Fafita, Hines goes 100 plus and puts on a big score. And there's other guys there that really, really worry me. Like uh, Isaiah Tass, I think he could have a good matchup in this game. Um, I don't mind Dill Walker coming off the, uh, playing 13 for the Warriors as well. So. But yeah, Sunday afternoon for Fida and Hines. Steve has planned really well uh, from draft day to go for Fida and Hines. Obviously, for Fida, very likely to feature in the last round of the season. He's played his absolute best footy this year. Nico Hines, very similar. Steve, I, I, I assume he anticipated that the Sharkies wouldn't be a top four team. They wouldn't be locked in. They got close, uh, but no cigar. So really, really interesting grand final, personally. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think Steve wins this one. I think that Tom is going to have to get his key guys to really stand up and explode this week. And I think he's going to need a bit of luck, whether it's a HIA, a Simbin, something to a captain or a vice captain that could cost Stevie. Uh, But I think that if all goes to plan as it stands right now, I think Steve probably wins this grand final and takes home his first Supercoach crown. Uh, Shout out to these guys. They have both been in in our comp. I've been in it 10 years. They were both in it when I arrived. So I'd say they've been playing for 12 or 13 years. Tom's first grand final he's been in, I believe. Uh, so a very good experience for Tommy. I think it might be a tough one for him. Uh, but you've got to be in it to win it. It's a two-horse race. Anything can happen. We've seen that time and time again for Supercoach. Stevie, been in it 12 or 13 years. Been to one grand final 2016. I beat him in that grand final. That was a few years ago now. But two guys that are very, very keen Supercoach players. Two guys that take it very, very seriously. So it's good to see at least one of these two that take it very seriously and a very keen on their super coach, take home a championship and finally enter the inner circle. They've both been knocking on the door for quite some time. And I'll tell you what, the one that loses is going to have head noise for eternity. I said to one of them this week, I think the one that loses might not ever recover from this. So shout out to you boys. Fingers crossed. I'll have your premiership winning hat ready with your trophy on the back. And then I'll have a straight jacket ready for the other one who is going to be in a one hell of a basket of pain over the next few months. Best of luck, boys. Get it done.